Comedy LOL Podcast Network. I'm recording, Ashley. Yeah, me too. You're, you're being recorded. I want to avoid any legal snags. I love how it says that. <laughs> All right, everybody, welcome to the Terrible Podcast. Today's quote is, all lunatics, sorry, let's try that again, all are lunatics, but he or she who can analyze his or her delusions is called a philosopher, and that is by Ambrose Pierce. What I really like about this is I love the the inclusivity of the word all, of, you know, um, everyone is is basically crazy. Right. Which I think that everyone is. You all have different quirks and things that, um, you know, that you're fixated on or things like that. But I think it takes somebody who's very self-aware to be able to be kind of knowledgeable about the fact that I know I'm crazy, but I'm able to look in that and say, like, why? Yeah, very true. And I think this is great because, like you said, it's all because of. You know, a lot of the research and the study that I've been coming across lately, it, it seems that there are two people in each person, like the right and left sides of the brain. They've done these experiments where they can isolate them and like they'll give different answers when they ask questions like, do you like ice cream or do you like this flavor? And like the left side of the brain says one thing and the right side says other. Mm-hmm. And they've also theorized that people who are schizophrenic, that maybe these two sides are in constant contact Whereas our sides, there's a there's a filter. So the idea is it's like our our um, right brain actually perceives reality and then it gives our left brain images to deal with. And then from there we deal with it. But people who are schizophrenic. It's like both of them are going. But uh, to the normal person who's not schizophrenic, but who's not, uh, you know, analyzing their delusions, I guess um, they are a lunatic, you know, and. I think that um, even though we might be looking inside, like me and you and people listen to this podcast, we're still lunatics too, but at least we're dealing with it. And we realize that it's the problems are the problems that we create. It's not the problems that other people create. We have to start with ourselves. So that's kind of why I wanted to use this. And plus it was a nice short quote. And, you know, we've been killing these people, these poor listeners with these long quotes. So (laughs) I agree. I love that. It's nice and short. I think that what, what you said was so important because there are these like societal norms or, or things that are accepted and people who, who are, let's say schizophrenic or who are kind of delving into their own issues or the only, the things that they're kind of their own bullshit. They're kind of looked at a lot of times as quote unquote crazy or the lunatics when the reality is it's like, we've just been brainwashed, I think to point fingers at someone who's trying to better themselves or who might be a little bit more insightful and be like, they don't know anything. Yeah, it's, it's really easy to – I was just talking about this with somebody, and I was talking about my diet and what I eat or what I don't eat or whatever. And we're, I was just talking about how, like, I don't eat bread or wheat at all, I, no bread. And so when I tell people this, sometimes they kind of, like, they'll get offensive and, like, take it personally, and it's like an, they're taking it as an attack on them. But that's not what I'm saying. I'm just like, I just don't eat it because, you know – and they're like, well, I like this. And, and so I think it's that same – kind of thing where people are a little delusional and it's you have to just I, I don't know you know it, the people who are working on themselves people who aren't they take that as like an offense on them and they they see that and it's really themselves and they kind of hate themselves but they're just projecting it outward onto the mm-hmm. world 
you know, Absolutely. so then they, they want to burn you at the stake just because you don't want to eat a fucking hamburger. <laughs> anyway. Right. And it's like, no, I mean, somehow... it's not that bad. I'm just being dramatic. But you're, you know, go ahead. Go ahead. But by like sometimes having a difference of opinion, people don't realize that can kind of open some people's minds and things like that. It's like we don't all have to be on the same path. What are we going to get from that? Then we're all brainwashed. Yeah, I was just doing another uh, Brandon Bonanza. I recorded some of it yesterday about open mindedness and how in my own life, I'm just able to hold different ideas, even if they're like opposite ideas, I can hold them in my brain and kind of try to feel what it's like. You know, with this idea, like I tried it with all different religions. I tried it with different forms of government and, um, you know, just different things like that to anything, just different, uh, you know, like with wheat and with bread or, you know, with drinking coffee and then with quitting coffee, just stuff like that. So I think it's good to try all different things and keep your mind open because that's how the only really way if you, you could take someone's word for it. But if you experience it for yourself, then, you know, then it's, you know, you know, if it's true or not. Mm hmm. All right, are we done talking about our quote here? Yeah, let's get into this podcast. All right, so today we are talking about the nine of pentacles and the nine of discs, and then we're going to finish up our court card series looking at the knights. Um, I was thinking about it after I was listening back to last week's podcast, and I was like, oh, I should have done something with like nines and knights, and, but I didn't, but oh well. Lesson learned. Um all right, so we're going to start off like we normally do, looking at the Nine of Pentacles card in the Rider Waite deck. Normally, I give a description of the card, then we talk about initial thoughts, and then how this would apply to various types of readings. All right, so I'm looking at the card here, and you've got like this yellow background. Um, you've got two trees, one on each side of the card up towards the top, one on the left, one on the right, and you've got kind of these like brownish mountains um, behind the trees. In like the the front of the card, you have this figure standing there with like this yellow cloak on, and it looks like the cloak has um, these flowers on it. And then there's like a red hem around the neck and on the inside of the the dress or the cloak. And this figure is wearing underneath like a blue dress, it looks like, and they have this yellow glove in, on their left hand. They're holding their left hand up and there's a bird on it. They have this red hat on. And then they're standing on grass. You see like a little tiny snail in the front. And then you have the nine pentacles kind of spread throughout these these plants that are, you know, right next to where this figure. You've got five on or six on one side, three on the other. And the rest of the plants, it looks like grapes and grape leaves. Um, and to the bottom or to the top right, you also see next to the tree like a little tower Um with uh it looks just like a, a building so there's my description of the card i feel like that one wasn't necessarily so great so definitely look at our instagram at terrible two t-a-r-o-t-b-u-l-l the number two to see what this card actually looks like um okay initial thoughts what did you think this reminds me a lot of um I'm trying to think of what card it is maybe even kind of last card or i mean the card before like the seven where there was just a bounty Mm -hmm. of pentacles so it looks like this person has a bounty but they're also kind of like a master like this she kinda, she looks like maybe mother nature like an embodiment of that like the the feminine aspect yes. and she's out there in control she's you know she has all her nice little pentacles she has all the grapes so to me this just really symbolizes like an abundance or maybe um like a, a bounty or a nice harvest that's the word i was looking for 
Um, I would definitely agree with you. I think nines are definitely my favorite numbers in terms of uh, in at this point, we've seen now three different nines just because it feels like, okay, it's not a complete set, but you know, when we have a complete set, you know, that's like the end of a cycle is beginning of something different. I think there's so much optimism and hope often in the nines. Um, it's always like a very positive card. Like, yes, I feel this, like, I know it's almost towards the end, but it's like at that pinnacle point. And I'm looking at this, I totally agree about the mother nature aspect because you see a combination of like flora and fauna there. And not necessarily this has to be a female figure, but it definitely looks someone who's like at one with nature, which, you know, we're talking about earthly things and we talk about pentacles. This gave me more of a like, not necessarily like material aspect, but more of like the natural world type of thing. Um, all right, so let's get into looking at the different aspects here of the card. Uh, let's start off with um, the grapes and the plant. What were your thoughts? This is just, <clears throat> this to me represents what nines represent, sort of. It's that completion, but not the total end completion. So, like, if we had maybe rotted grapes there that would be like the 10 you know because then it's on to the next thing but this is like the height if you think of like the height of summer or the um the climax this mm -hmm. is that part or just even in a movie it's like it's like when the in star wars when the rebel lines blew up the death star this is yeah this is it this is that moment and then um the rest of it after is kind of like when you move on to the 10 so it's it's about the completion but then it's about closing up the story and moving on to the next one this is more about the celebration so that's why i like the grapes because they're they're in full um bloom i guess you could say or ripeness there you go so it's the perfect time to eat them mm -hmm. and, and it's the, so it's like it's like you're sowing you're reaping what you sowed and this is you actually reaping it but in a good way obviously because it could go both ways I totally agree. I said that this is definitely like that celebration, that party. And I think a lot of times when I, I think of grapes, I obviously think of like wine. Um, these look like they could be crushed into wine. So I, I have that kind of indulgence aspect of it too. Um, and kind of even that could be like the overindulgence of taking these, you could make them into wine and then kind of afterwards have to deal with like the repercussions of a little too much drinking. Um, but I love that they're so plentiful. It's not just like one cluster of grapes. You can see them throughout like the entirety of the plant. So it looks like a, a very fruitful, um, like either investment or um, situation for this person. Like it's like a very positive, good situation. Um, now let's go into the, the pentacles themselves. Since we talked about the plant, now let's talk about the pentacles. What were your thoughts there? Well, I, it, it gives me the same idea as the grapes do. I think that's kind of what they were going for. They blended in. So this is still that reward. It's that harvest. It's just representing anything on the physical plane other than grapes. Uh -huh. Or, you know, even with it. It's like the fruit of your labor, basically. So she's out there enjoying the fruit of her labor. I and mean, she actually has her hand. Her right hand has grapes on it. And it's like set resting on the pentacle. So, um, so I think it's kind of trying to show that correlation. And did you have any thoughts about um, looking at this and and the way that they're divided up, six on one side, three on the other? Yeah, I think that's actually pretty significant because three is one of those 
big numbers, especially esoterically and even exoterically in the religions, like because you think you have the Trinity, like Father, mm-hmm. Son, the Holy Ghost. But um, yeah, t- so to me, I think it's showing where you start. You have the three, the original Trinity. You have the male, the masculine energy with the feminine energy along. You mix it together. And you come with the uh, the child, which is the action in the world, which we're kind of going to be talking about when we get to talking about the knights. But we'll save that. So it's it starts there, and then you go and you double, and then it's six. So it's I think it's just showing uh, like the starting point, and then where you can go from there. I mean, it obviously it can symbolize a ton of things, but that's what it's saying to me right now. Yeah, you know, I'm looking at the six on the left-hand side, and it looks like it's almost set up in the shape of, like, a human figure. So the two at the bottom could be legs, and then you have, like, the body, and then you have the other two that could be, like, the shoulders, arms, and then you have the top one, which looks like a head. And the fact that the figure has her hand or his hand on it, but also on the grapes, it's showing, I feel like, a control of your own, like, earthly body and your own physical situation and presence, as well as kind of a celebration of that. Yeah, like you have even, control. Yeah, I didn't even notice that. It could also symbolize children, too. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And I'm looking at the one on the right, and it's three, but they're not set up in the shape of, like, a normal triangle, um, either pointing down or with a point up. It just kind of looks like there could have been a few other ones there. Um, and to me, I was a little thrown by that, but I love how it kind of goes into, like, the crook of the knee, Kind of like, again, just like literally outlining this figure at the bottom. And and, and now I'm going to get into the, my thoughts on the figure. So she or he is kind of covered by these plants in terms of like up to like maybe like the heart line. But her her his head is up in the sky, similar to what we saw when we were talking about. I think it was the Queen of Swords. It was like their head was not in the clouds. So it was like maybe this person's very level headed and they're capable of seeing like just because things are great now doesn't mean they're always going to be like this. But I can be appreciative of what's going on. They're not like covered by the these material aspects, either the plants or the pentacles. They're kind of able to see it and appreciate it for what it is, but know that it's not going to last. Yeah, and I think this figure also has really strong roots in the ground. And if you look closely, it kind of looks like her cloak, especially at the bottom. It looks like a tree. So it looks Mm -hmm. like she's actually growing out, but then you see her foot. So it's letting you know that um, she is grounded, but she is or he or she represents that human quality also, not just nature. But it's the it's like the blend of it, because as it comes up, then you see the rest of the person. That's where you really see where it's a person like the arms come out and then there's a head at the top. Mm-hmm. And it's funny, there's even a bird sitting on her arm. So, but it it shows the bird has the hood. I guess we can get into that maybe next. And I love that because it kind of shows that control over nature, but not a domination. Just like we're controlling it, you know. I like I I can control this hawk. I tell it what to do, but I don't, you know. I'm not like enslaving it. I don't keep it in a cage. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, so. And I think it's worthwhile to notice that the figure is also wearing a glove on that hand. If I'm looking at the bird, it doesn't necessarily look like it has like these really sharp talons or anything like that. But I'm looking at that as like a protection of themselves or physical body from things outside of their control, things in the natural world like this bird. And and then her right hand, she has no glove and that's what she's touching the fruit with. So it's kind of like... You know, there's a different 
um, way. There's a different. It, you can use it to symbolize. I'm going to try to say here, like there's a different method for each thing you're going to do. You can't approach every task the same way. You can't approach animals the same way you're going to approach these fruit. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I, what I love is um, what you brought up about the bird is like the head looks like it has this hood, but it also looks like the their feathers at the top, but the feathers don't look like they match necessarily like the body of the, the bird. So it almost looks like they're wearing like a special kind of hat or something like that. Like this is a very special companion or maybe it's a helper or something like that to help keep them grounded. You know, yeah, like, like in um, like Woodstock of, and Snoopy. Yeah, yeah. Well, so I was going to say like in a lot of like Disney movies, there's always like this animal companion, right? You know, in The Little Mermaid, there's Flounder and, and you always have like this animal companion that or in uh, Mulan, you have the little cricket and then you have the dragon and they're always like someone that imparts wisdom, Jiminy Cricket, right? To help the guide the character along. And maybe that's what this bird is. Yeah, I like that. All right, now let's look uh, at her her dress here because I I was so drawn in by the uh, images or the symbols on her dress. It very much, obviously, to me, looks like a a flower. But it also, if you, at just first glance, looks like the feminine symbol, right? Like the circle with the X at the bottom. Um, which gives me this like control over for me this like control and mother of mother nature or like we normally associate the earth as like a mother figure female figure because it produces life and so by wearing that it's like I'm at one with this yeah I noticed that too it kind of looks like uh and it also looks like it's kind of carved into the tree if her dress was a tree mm-hmm. so I, I love that and it, yeah <laughs> And I really like that that the cloak has like this long opening, this large opening for the arms, which gives more of like this freedom of movement and independence without being like totally covered. It's like it's loose fitting, but it's easy to get in and out of. Yeah. And it makes it even look more like a tree because it looks like a hole you might see in the side of a tree as well. So it's somewhere where maybe animals can take refuge also. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. All right. Let's look at the. Uh, snail at the bottom. Did you have any thoughts on the snail? Well, I know that snakes represent earthly things because they they go along, they're like the lowest form of life because they actually crawl on their belly. So this can have something to do with that. But if you think of a snail, though, a lot of times you think of water because snails need water to, to live. So maybe that can have something to do with that. What were your thoughts? I like the idea of it being there for me. It just showed that sometimes things happen slowly, um, you know, and, and sometimes things happen quickly. But there has to be like a patience there of like you put the work in so you can reap the reward if you put the work in. But don't have this expectation that things are going to happen so quickly. Um, sometimes they do, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to be positive. I mean, or negative, right? It can go either way. But sometimes I think, you know, when they say patience is a virtue, that's something I have a lot of trouble with because I want things to happen very quickly. Um, and I think that's just a reminder of like slow down and kind of look around and enjoy where you are. Yeah, I like that. And notice how she's not reacting to it or anything. She's just letting it be. So it's like, if this is your pace, then that's fine. Everyone gets everything done, you know, as long as you're going in the right direction or at least aware of it. (laughs) And you know, what's so crazy is so like out here, um, obviously like I'm not from, uh, Los Angeles, but, uh, I remember the first time when I was here and it rained, there were snails all over the place. 
And I was so excited about it. I was like, oh, my gosh, look, it's a snail. Like, I haven't seen this. Or, and everyone's like, no, they're not really not good for plants. So most people like or most people who have um, plants and stuff like that in their yards kill the snails because they'll eat them. Um, and so I love that you said that she's just letting it be um, because sometimes there's a natural order for things. That being said, just FYI, I've never killed a snail because I'm always like so impressed by them. I'm always like, wow, look. Uh, <laughs> Bunch of snail murders out there in LA. Exactly. No yeah. one ever talks about the snail murder. <laughs> All right, so let's look at the two trees that are on each side of her. Uh, what were your thoughts there? Well, it, to me, it represents like a doorway, mm-hmm. the path, the middle path. So even though she, this figure does seem to represent the feminine aspects, the feminine qualities, I think it's just letting us know that it's still the middle way. You know, you need the the masculine and the feminine together. So it's sometimes, though, but it is a cycle. So sometimes you're more in that feminine state of mind. You're in that right brain and you have to get in there to create. But you could still be on the center path. So that's kind of what that represents to me. She's the she's the doorway or he or she. This figure is the doorway. She's the center tree, the center path, the middle way. What do you think? I totally agree. Um, I love that the trees are like on... I mean, obviously they're off in the distance, but when I'm looking at that, they're like eye level with the top of, of her head. Um, so it gives an illusion of like, it is really kind of framing the direction she should be going in. And if you look um, underneath the tree, it kind of looks like there's a, like a gate or something like that, or a fence, but I only see it underneath the tree, the, the next to the tree trunks. Um, and that's really it. And it looks like, if it is a fence, maybe it's un- like prohibiting her from moving forward. Um, but we don't see that part of it. It's either overgrown with the plants, which just shows like this control over these material aspects by the natural world. Um, or maybe there's like a gate there for her to walk through. And it's really kind of showcasing like, see, this is where you're supposed to be going. Um, but I totally agree with what you said. What are your thoughts on the mountains in the back? I was actually looking at those um they caught my attention right away for some reason. But to me, I know a lot of times you talk about how mountains represent the journey, the unseen journey that we need to go through. But for this card, I think it's more of it could represent the path that she had or this figure had to overcome. And then also the protection. So this could be like a fertile valley that they're in. And it, there's protection from other people or, you know, even elements or other uh whatever you can think of and then you kind of see that to the right there's the castle so and it goes along with the mountains so to me it just represents like castle walls Mm -hmm. so she might not be in the castle itself or in the town so she's still out there doing her own thing but overall she is protected at least behind her so it's kind of like she has she's in between you know what we can't see maybe it's just open field but she that's where she's looking she has her back to everything else to in order to kind of stay vigilant and what i love is that they're not um very you know they're not very steep up and down um it's just kind of a little bit of a hill Um, and I think that sometimes we're expecting this long uphill battle and I'm looking at it and I'm like, maybe this is just this nice little path for them to follow. There are going to be small little ups and downs, but it's not going to be super steep. Yeah, they're not crazy mountains. 
And I think that that's sometimes something people expect, like it's going to be so hard. And sometimes things aren't as hard. The hardest part is getting the motivation to do it. And then you do it and you're like, oh, wait, that wasn't really that bad. Yeah, that's really the importance of focusing on the present moment, because if you're stuck worried about the future, you know, those things might not even happen. So you don't (laughs) you're creating all these things in your brain that are going to be way worse. So it's it's more I know it's really hard. It's like a practice, but it's better to just deal with things as they come. In the mm-hmm. moment. I mean, not saying you shouldn't prepare for things, but you shouldn't sit there and stress out and worry. I'm like, oh, my God, this is going to be so terrible. Oh, my God. It's like, listen, it's just a Justin Bieber concert. How bad can it be? <laughs> well, and I think that sometimes there's a procrastination that comes with doing something that people perceive as hard. Yeah. And the reality is a lot of times like you're going to end up having to do it anyway. You know, like getting gas. Not that that's hard, but it's like you're going to have to get gas regardless. So do yeah. it in the moment. So then the next morning you're not like running late and you're like, oh, my God, I had to get gas now. I'm so stupid. Like, just do that kind of stuff in the moment and then you'll feel so much more relaxed. Yeah, I always do that. Oh, I'm such a procrastinator. It's great, though. <laughs> Sometimes I need that pressure to get things done. It's like a diamond. You know, if I don't have enough pressure, I'll just sit here and be lazy. But, um, yeah, I hear you. I can I resonate sense, with that. Sense that kind resonates of, with me. Since kind of being on my own. Um, I found that I've procrastinated a lot less because I don't have the safety net of doing having someone help me out later on. Um, so like especially not that they would help me out a lot of times with like cleaning and stuff like that, but it's like I stay on top of that. And normally before I would just kind of when I'm I'm that person that when I get home from work just take off my work clothes and just leave them on the floor. And at the end of the week I have like five outfits that I need to pick up and like be like, well now it's been sitting on the floor for five days. But I've been really good about like staying on top of that and not procrastinating with that or with gas or with doing the dishes or laundry because you know I don't have that safety net anymore. Now we're totally off topic in terms of like talking about our personal. No, that's personal okay life. because what I do instead of putting things on the floor, I just hang everything up because I'm like I could wear this again. Like I, I just wore these jeans for two hours, so then I'll have like things hanging on every everything that I have. I have like doors and like mirrors mm-hmm. and <laughs> and like closet doors is just clothes hanging everywhere. Like you never know when you might need another outfit. Yeah, but at least then it's off the floor. You come in here and it looks like. Somebody went through like a dressing room at Kohl's or something. Yeah. And in my house, it looks like it's like a refugee moved into like a fucking under a bridge. Right, though. Okay. <laughs> All right. The last thing I want to talk about on this card is the little uh, house or tower on the right hand side by the tree. What were your thoughts there? It Well, I think I kind of covered it with a mountain. Um, so it, it just represents that protection. Because most times, like I said, you see the castle and it's far away and you it looks like they're outside the walls. But to me, it looks like this person is inside that protection, at least from behind. So it's mm-hmm. kind of like when they build a fortress if, uh, into a mountain or if they build a fortress into like a natural uh, wall. This mm-hmm. way they have protection from one side, then they only have to build a wall on one side. So that's what it reminds me of. What about you? Um, And I looked at it at, in terms of so like if I see the... um the the city or you know building over there and on that side there's the three pentacles on the other side it's definitely more natural and you have the six pentacles i'm looking at it as like a balance of like paying for some things some material things but letting there also be a space to like just let the natural world take over it's like a nice balance between like civilized versus uncivilized and both of them are plentiful but you know in different ways yeah, definitely. 
And I guess one other thing I can add about the tower is that it's the tower on the right. So it's showing the right hand path or the right brain, the feminine. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it's just another, you know, there's so many layers in these cards. So that's just another kind of little shout out to that. Agreed. All right. Any final thoughts on this card before we move on? Uh, what do you think about that flower? That so she see how she has her collar that comes down in the front, and there's like a shirt that's mm-hmm. that's covering up to her neck. See that? What do you make of that? Like that flower and that line and all that stuff. I don't even know if I noticed that that was a flower. Let me see. I'm like my eyes. Well, if I'm looking at it, I can see that the like the hem of that is blue and it looks like where the glove is on the left hand side it looks like the sleeve is blue um and i'm just saying that there i could say that i guess it's covering that kind of um that emotion part of of a person and if there's a flower on on that dress but there's also then a flower on her tunic it's like both of them are necessary in order to be able to you know grow and thrive um but sometimes one needs to be covered up a little bit more than the other. Yeah. Yeah, I see what you're saying. And uh, I think if you look closely, you can see it looks like it might be. I don't know if it's a five or a six pointed. No, I guess it's six. OK, so it's like a six pointed star, like the Star of David. So it's like if you take two triangles, one's facing up and one is down and you place them on top of each other. So it's mm-hmm. an esoteric. It's like the the marriage of the masculine and feminine. Yep. All right. Other than that, I think we're good. All right. So let's say this came up in a general reading. What would you say? Well, going off of what we were talking about basically for this whole episode is that this is going to represent that bounty. It's the harvest. It's the time to enjoy it. But like this person is, um, they're not overindulging. You know, they have their head, like you said, they have their head in the sky, their feet on the ground. They're very well balanced. So I think it's kind of like if, you know, I could tell somebody if you're in one of these periods of bounty, just to make sure that you keep your head about you. Don't go crazy and make sure you ration for the winter. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at it. If it came up in a general reading for me, I would say kind of kind of that um, that stop and smell the roses idea of like, just take a minute um, to enjoy where you are. Um And I would say, you know, knowing that this is going to be possibly near the end of a cycle. And um, I love that, like what I said earlier, the balance between the civilized and uncivilized. And I think sometimes there's such a focus on material things in this in this like physical world that it's nice to get back to nature to kind of keep yourself grounded, which is what I think that this person is doing. So I would say, like, don't get so swept up in accumulating things. Just kind of know that you can be successful without having all of these things. But it is nice at times to reward yourself with something, you know, a little bit more physical um, or material, if you will. Um, And I would just say relishing where you are in that moment, but knowing being aware that it's not going to last forever. For sure. All right. Let's say this came up in a relationship reading. What would you say? Well, there's a couple things you could say if the person is. In a relationship, I could say that it looks like if your relationship is going well, that you need to maybe look at this picture and pick out some of the aspects that are causing it to go well and remember those for the times that Mm -hmm. it's not going well. So then you could focus on that 
just like just like the bounty. And if if this is someone who's single, I could say that you are probably going to meet a lady farmer as mm-hmm. a bird. <laughs> and you guys are going to live happily ever after in a castle. Um, what about you? <laughs> um, so I'm looking at it and I would say that if this came um, if this came up in a relationship reading, if it was, if you were single, I'd say, um, just kind of enjoying that independence, um, and realizing that there can be positive things and good experiences without having to be attached to somebody. If you are with someone, I almost say that this is kind of, um, keeping in mind that you can be an independent person. A lot of times when you get together with someone, I think an I becomes a we and it becomes like a permanent, like I can't even say I anymore. Um, and I think that you should be two individual people coming together, choosing to be together. And that makes for like the strongest type of relationship. Not that I'm at all giving relationship advice because who am I? But, um, I'm looking at this and I'm saying if you're in a relationship, knowing that there's going to be ups and downs, um, and you need to make sure that you take care of yourself, just like we talked about last week with the, um, mask and the, the airplane, you know, you put your own mask on before you help others. And that's going to make for the strongest type of relationship. Um, if this came up in a relationship reading and you were attached to somebody, I would say that it would, for me, I would interpret it as you're not taking care of yourself and you're not looking out for, you know, look out for number one, I am number one kind of thing. I'd say like, kind of, take your take a step back and think about you for a minute and if you think about you and your partner thinks about them then that second person will be your partner and that second person for them will be you it'll be a really nice balance again though what do i know no i I think that's true um just because a person is single doesn't mean that they can't figure things out for people in a relationship you know right I, i think one of the reasons why some people are single that are smart about it is because they haven't found another person that um, looks at relationships the same way that they do. And that's, Mm -hmm. you know, that's important. You can't change somebody. If somebody's open-minded and you're talking to somebody and they're, you know, they dig your ideas, it's one thing, but um, you know, if someone's unwilling to change or they like the way they are and they don't see anything wrong, and but you don't agree with the way, like you said, if there's somebody who wants to be with another person all the time, they need somebody else or they think in their mind that they need somebody else to complete them. So they always want to text and call this person, all that. But if you're not that type of person, then obviously it's not going to work out. So I think it's OK, like you said, to be single mm-hmm. until you find something right. Yep. Um. All right. Now, let's say this came up in a work reading. What would you say? If this came up in a work reading, I, you know, pretty much following the theme of what we were saying, it looks like things are going really well for you right now. But just like we know, everything's a cycle. You know, we just talked about the eight last week, which is the ultimate card for cycles, because the eight is just that infinity symbol going on forever. So this represents, like I said before, the high point. It's like high summer. It's the time for festival. Um it's the time to rejoice, but it's not always going to be like that. So this could represent, you know, you're doing well in your job now, but you got to remember that either maybe you have to put some money aside or you have to put, um, keep these ideas around for later. So if, if it's not going so well, you could focus on this and try to get back to this and remember this is where, you, you know, this is the ultimate goal. Yes, I agree. And I think that if I were saying this was in a workplace reading, I'd say be wary of bad investments. Um, 
something that seems like a sure thing isn't necessarily always a sure thing. Buy um, gold, everybody. Sorry. <laughs> and um, but but knowing that sometimes you maybe will make a bad investment or a bad financial move or a bad um like workplace move, but that's not the end of the world, right? There's also a whole bunch of things that you can do to kind of get yourself out of there and remembering that it's like ups and downs. Um, which I feel like is what I'm currently going through at my job. It's like one day is an up and the next day is a down. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's tough because you want to try to, people are more comfortable when it's more stable, obviously. Mm-hmm. And when it's up and down like that, it could be, it could be very, you know, distracting. It could be very bad, very, very stressful, but you have to remember that technically nobody else can really affect you it's only you who allow them to affect you on a, on a level or not, you know, no matter what anyone else does, they're not technically doing it to you because they don't really, they're not inside your brain. They don't know who you are. They just have a mental idea of who you are in their brain and that's who they're doing it to. And if you went inside their brain, if you were able to, and if you were able to look and see that character, you'd be like, that's not me. That's, you know, they have no idea. Right. So, exactly. It's not even worth it, but yeah, it's hard though. You know, like I said, these are all just things these are just things we say until we put them into practice. So, and just um, if this was a specific profession, I said this could be like um, like a stockbroker or an accountant or someone who works with investments. Um, I said this could also be like a construction worker or someone who works with building of things, like an investor. Yeah, or it could even be somebody who works with the earth or the soil or. You know, like a farmer, obviously, it's like pretty obvious, but it could also be somebody who is um, into any other physical thing in the physical realm. Mm-hmm. But I think it's great that you said construction worker. That's perfect. All right. Final thoughts on this card before we move on. I think we're good. I'm All good. right. Cool. So let's now move on to another interpretation of the same card, but it's in a different deck. So um, for this part of the podcast, Brandon gives the description of the card and then we give our uh, kind of our initial thoughts on it. All right, everybody, this card is the nine of discs in the Alistair Crowley Thoth deck. That's T-H-O-T-H, Thoth. Thoth with, yeah, I can't even talk. He was uh, considered to be an ancient god similar to Hermes or Mercury. He was the messenger of the gods. So that's why some people uh, worshipped him because they figured that he had all the knowledge. And that's what basically, if you think about esoteric knowledge or anything like that, he was the one to hand it to the humans from the gods. So very interesting concept. Anyway, this card is really interesting too. It's it's um really vibrant. I mean, it's not super bright, but the colors, they're like the darker pastels, which I really love. It's kind of weird to say, but um, it's hard. It's really hard to describe. So I'd say go to our Instagram at Terrible, T-A-R-O-T-B-U-L-L, two, the number two on Instagram, and you could see it. And it looks like there's three circles, one on top in the center, and they're overlapping each other. So they're concentric circles. Um, But the bottom two aren't lapping with each other uh, overlapping with each other just the top one and then out of that there's different rays emanating out so it kind of makes it look like a star and there's all different colors and there's um three discs on top with different heads on them and then three on the bottom with uh, also different symbols and then in the middle i guess are those three circles that represent the other three to make the nine 
Uh, and then the background is just different circular patterns with different colors, kind of like checkerboarded circles, but just with all different colors. And at the bottom, it says gain. And mm-hmm. at the top, we see a symbol for uh, the feminine symbol. And then the bottom is, uh, looks like the symbol for, what's that, Aries? Virgo. I'm sorry, Virgo. You, oh, you know how I remember it now? Virgo, virgin, right? And mm-hmm. Mother Mary is a virgin, and that is like an M-Y. How crazy is that? It's like a cutoff, so that's how a way to remember it. So there you go. What do you All think? Right. So I'm looking at this, and um, I was very confused, as per usual, <laughs> um, just because looking at it, I'm like, where are the nine discs, right? There's six that look very materialistic or in terms of like actual like coinage. And then I guess the three in the center make the nine. But I was thrown by why they're so different. Um, Like there's not a consistency there. What I did like is you have kind of if I'm looking at the top three coins, they're all very masculine. I did some research into this. Right. So you've got um, Mars, Saturn, Jupiter up there. And then at the bottom, they're very feminine. You've got Venus, Mercury, which I didn't realize was necessarily female, but also the moon is the bottom one. And that like, you know, pointed triangle, upside down triangle with the point down, you got the masculine and feminine energies. And I love that it says gain because I feel like a lot of times you need that balance in order to be able to move forward and succeed. Um, but I'm still just very confused by these three circles in the middle, which are supposed to be discs, but they don't match the other six. Well, I can help you with that because if you see, so the way the three in the middle, just represent the original three, the three of creation, because you have the blue one and then it crosses into the red. So if you think of the blue as the feminine side and then it's mixing with the red, which is the masculine energy. And then out of the red, you're getting the green, which is the creation. So it's it's aligning those two to create. And then from there, you have the three on top and the three on the bottom, which just represents the balance of all this coming together. Okay, well, as you bring up the colors, red, green, blue, then I can also talk about like light mixing and those colors come together to make white light. But if I'm looking at it, they're not even it's not even like um like a Venn diagram type of thing. There's no overlap of the green and the blue with the red to produce that white light. So now I guess I, I, you know, I brought that up, but I'm like, what is what does that mean? (laughs) I don't know. I don't know what it means. But I'm looking at it and it's like you have these offshoots then coming from these three these three circles and they kind of could look like rays of light. Um but I don't I don't know. I I honestly I'm like gain it makes sense with the coins, but the three circles in the middle with the like offshoots coming off, I'm just like I don't get it. I I mean, I could just imagine the states that these people would that created these cards we're in or have to right. the mental or the mind state either by some kind of psych uh, psychedelic drug or you know some people can get into those states by uh you know just meditation and some people say contacting other entities from other dimensions but yeah that's this is just insane yeah and i'm honestly also really thrown by the background colors um i love that there's not necessarily like a rhyme or reason to them it kind of looks like a rug that you would see at a hotel. Um, but I, I'm also like, I don't, I don't get that either. Just like a combination of 
red, greens, blues, but randomly put on there. It's just not one of my favorite cards to look at, just because I feel very confused. <laughs> it all, it, you know, if you look at it too, it kind of looks like it could be a face. If you see like the top, so the top three pentacles, the ones in the middle could be the eyes. And then mm-hmm. the middle three are like the nose and like the two like dog cheeks. And then the bottom's like the beard. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I could see that. It's I like could an for entity sure see that. coming to talk to you like, ah, yeah. I mean, if, if you're crazy enough to draw this, I'm sure you could see a face in this too. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so. All right. Any final thoughts here before we move on? Nope. Let's I feel like it. I'm like I I sometimes am very insightful in these cards and a lot of times I'm always like what? Um All right, so today we are finishing up our court series. Uh we have now talked about pages, queens and kings, so we are going to finish up by talking about knights. Um so what I really like um that I did last week was talked about what knights or what queens uh kind of our kings kind of mean and then we looked at all of them throughout all four suits. So, um, and unbeknownst to me, I was even doing that. I don't even really remember it. Okay, so um, what is a knight? A knight is going to be obviously a person. In court cards, I often identify it as someone in the person's life as uh, as opposed to like an idea that one of the number cards would stand for um, or situation. So a knight is going to be someone that's, you know, very action oriented and they're focused on a journey. They're going to kind of help move things along. So maybe there's someone that's helping move along a specific situation. They're not going to prohibit. They're going to, they're not going to prohibit this thing from happening. Um, they're going to be a little bit older than the page. So it's not going to be like a child, but, um, and they're not going to necessarily be as mature as like the King. They have the knowledge to be able to know what they're doing, but they don't have the full life experience of the King and the queen. So they're not going to be able to, you know, be like, oh, for sure, this is kind of, I'm going to have this power or this insight into these things. Um, So it's not going to be as extreme as the king or the queen in terms of being like, this is the path. Um, And you're going to have this, um, sometimes it can be, uh, if you're looking at this action type of situation and this person's helping moving things along, that can be positive and negative. I'm trying to like look on the positive because at the end of the day, even if it's not necessarily the best situation, at least that movement is moving it along so it ends quickly. Um, so if this person, this card came up, it's going to be a person between ages maybe 20, 35. Um, not going to be like, you know, older than that, maybe a little bit, but not going to be like significantly younger than that. They just reflect like change, action, movement. Um, they're always on the move. They're looking for something. They're looking to end a situation or to kind of finish out a certain task. Um, and I think that, it's, it's very powerful because it kind of forces the person who's having the reading, if this comes up, to realize that, like, there's no stopping that movement. Like, just like, like I said, get it done and then you can move on. Um, any thoughts initially on knights before we go into the four different representations? No, <clears throat> they just, like you were saying, they just represent action. It's the king and the queen represent the masculine and feminine energy coming together to create that action and it's so well symbolized because they're all on horses. So mm-hmm. they're all out there, even though they're not all moving. Right. And, um, you know, probably at you know, when I'm thinking about the time that this was created, we didn't have like cars or jets or things like that. So this was like the fastest mode of transportation and they can be kind of uh, a horse can be fast, but it also at times can be like very like hard to control. 
I mean, at the end of the day, it's an animal. Um, okay, so I'm going to look at all four of the night cards now. And honestly, the one that sticks out the most to me, or the two that stick out the most to me, are the Knight of Wands and then the Knight of Swords. Because you have such nice movement in those cards. And I was just saying about how the knight is going to represent that. I mean, the knight of swords literally looks like a charging type of uh, person. The knight of wands looks like it's moving, but it looks like the horse is almost like bucking. The knight of cups and the knight of pentacles both look a little bit more stoic, um, kind of just sitting on the horse. The horse looks like it could be in the knight of cups moving, but the knight of pentacles, the horse just has all four feet on the ground, just kind of hanging out. Um, so I like that there's a nice balance there between the four suits. Um, all right. If I'm looking at the Knight of Cups, then I'm going to say that this person, maybe it's like movement in your love life or your relationship life. And almost like um, like uh, someone who would like, I know Valentine's Day is coming up, but um, someone who's going to be able to use these emotions to better themselves or to move themselves forward. Um, and it's like kind of following your heart, which I think comes along a lot of times with youth. Um, I think older people don't necessarily do that as often. Um, okay. The Knight of pentacles on the flip side, since I said both of them aren't necessarily moving, um, is going to be not necessarily as fluid, not as emotional. It's going to be very like rigid and rigorous <laughs> and, um, following a set pattern for things. Um, and so it's like someone who follows this specific method or this specific set of steps in order to get ahead. Um, so definitely someone a little bit more traditional. Uh, Knight of Swords. I love this card because I love how much energy there is and I love how much passion there is. And it's like, there's no stopping this person. It's like, he's just charging. And I think sometimes you need to go into things head first, um, and just kind of throw everything by the wayside and just be like, I'm going to figure this out. Um, and then the Knight of Wands is, uh, like, it looks like act first, think later. Like being very impulsive, like I'm just going to do this and I'm not going to really think about it. And I think, again, that comes along with youth. Sometimes when you get older, it's harder to be that kind of that impulsive type of person. All right. Did you have any thoughts on the four different nights? Yeah, I, I love how they represent just different modes of action and being. Even if you think of like the um, MTVI, isn't the uh, different personalities Mm -hmm. Myers-Briggs personality because there's there's uh, static and movement I, I think you call it so it's like certain personalities like some people are more just chill and then some people are go 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 so this represents that but just in each different energy in each different suit um, I love how the swords like you said it's action because you just the horse is in the air mm -hmm. so it's it's representing the air the action getting things done whereas the other movement is the Knight of Wands, where he's kind of just like like trotting along, galloping. He's not really like going into war, but he's just like kind of like screwing around, it looks like to me. Like he's just having fun out there. So maybe he's experimenting or the way he's creating is just from a different place. And then the Knight of Pentacles, you, you move here and Pentacles represent physical world, the earth. So there's no movement here. It's just stopped. He's looking out. It looks like he's kind of looking out around the whole world and taking everything in and just kind of enjoying it <clears throat> mm -hmm. or maybe trying to get a different perspective. And when you come to the Knight of Cups, this is great because he stopped here too. Looks like he stopped to maybe get some water from the stream. So 
So it looks like the horse has his leg up like he was moving, but he just stopped and maybe he's even going to like tilt his head down to let his rider get off and Mm -hmm. stop and get some of this water and deal with the emotions of the situation. I love the, um, the way that the Knight of Swords and Wands are holding um, the wand and the sword. The other two look very careful. Um, and I think that it's a nice kind of combination. Like I said, a nice balance of sometimes you need to kind of charge into things and sometimes you need to be a little, be a little bit more careful and methodical. Yeah. And I love, honestly, you know, that the Knight of Cups doesn't um, have, isn't, necessarily in full movement because i think sometimes you have this idea of when you have these strong emotions kind of just going in head first into them and not realizing that there could be repercussions there so i like that they're taking a little bit more of a uh slower approach and then if you look at these and if you lay them out facing each other the pentacles and the cups face to the right and the knights and the wands face to the left. So that can also have to do with like right hand, left hand, right brain, left brain things. Mm-hmm. Okay. So let's give a little bit of a background into why we did um, uh, uh, knights last. So the order that we did it in was page, queen, king, and then knights. Oh, page, king, queen, the knights, right? Is that what you said? Mm-hmm. Okay. So the way the reason why we did it this way is because this is more of an esoteric look at look a way of looking at it. It's more about helping yourself and looking on the inside. And so the page represents starting out and you're new and you're fresh. And then the king represents the masculine energy and getting that under control and mastering that. And the queen represents the um, the feminine qualities in the right brain and the creativeness in mastering that angle like the emotions and when you master both of them then you can create action you can create right action in the world and that's displayed by the knight so the knight's kind of like the third part of the the trilogy so the pages you could say or, or sorry of the trinity the pages you could say is like the person who's starting out maybe like the fool mm-hmm. it's a new person and then the king and the queen represent that person mastering those energies within themselves and then becoming the knight. That's how you become the knight. That's how you create action. I love that because I think that it gives more of like a purposeful um, thought to these cards as opposed to just kind of saying, well, the it would go like page, right? Then knight, queen, king. Um, because it gives the idea that you should have this experience and knowledge before moving ahead and and trying to create this action because otherwise you're just going to, you're not going to have that experience or it's going to come off as just being like ignorant and moving forward and doing something without having uh, the background experience. Yeah. It represents a few different things. It represents a system of control and dominance where you have just the male energy, the, where you have just logic dominating everything and it's over emotion and it's, also over the two different forms of the self. So you go right, like you said, you go right from the page to the night without any trials and tribulations. So you're not even really a knight. You're just like a knight in name. You know, Mm -hmm. you're just like somebody who was deputized, but you have no training. You're just, you know, someone just gave you a a pitchfork and said, you're in my army now. Here you go. Whereas opposed to the other way where we look at it, it's more 
esoteric. So that this is that the standard way is really more exoteric. That's what's taught to people. We're in a system of control. You know, people do want things easier. Things are out of alignment. And this is a great way to showcase that how things are out of alignment. All right. Any final thoughts here on the nights before we move on? No, I think we're good. Um, I do want to point out, um, and I'm probably going to jinx myself, but I have not heard Gizzy a majority of of this recording. <laughs> but I'm saying that right now because she's right on my leg. Like, hi, Mom. Um, look at me. Okay, so next week we're going to go into the Ten of Pentacles. We're going to look at the Ten of Pentacles and the Ten of Discs. And I think I have a good idea of what we're going to do after we've moved on now from our court series. Awesome. I can't wait. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Terrible Podcast. You could help us out by going to ComedyLOL.com. Click on support and just send us money. You can go to Patreon, and that's under Comedy LOL, and you can become a patron of us. You could give us a dollar a month, $2 a month, $3 a month, and that'll help us out also pay these bills. And uh, until, oh, also go to terrible.com, T A R O T B U L L, and subscribe. Also, if you're on iTunes, please leave us a positive review or just a review. Any review you leave, we will read it live on the air. All right, guys. Thank you. Until next week. Stay, stay terrible. terrible. Oh, there she is. <laughs> yeah. She's like, stay terrible, Bark Bark. She's like, I knew. I knew that was the end. Comedy LOL Podcast Network.